Put it there, boy, and we'll show these fascists what a couple of hillbillies can do. Welcome to Fanfic Fanfic Ultra, where we talk about Fallout Equestria, the hybrid My Little Pony and Fallout fanfic, because we're falling out on having talked for a year about how a reactionary little toad tried to revise it. I'm your co-host, Sir Weirdington Esquire. Joining me, as always, is your host, Fi. How's, how's you doing, Fi? I am Fi. Oh, man. Uh, this is super weird. Um, I'm not used to being uh, second in a row. Uh, hi, folks. Uh, how are we doing? Um, I probably won't do funny voices like Weird Wealth to their, for their intros, but, you know, uh, welcome back again. We're finally here. Yay! Why would you? Like, that's that's that, that always ha- is, was, and has been my niche as the guy who introduces the, the podcast. I do the funny voices as I bring in the show, and then you're the straight man. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, uh, it needs to be said, uh, in, in case you forgot, dear listener, uh, all lives cannot matter until black lives matter. Um, <laughs> uh, and black lives cannot matter until trans black lives matter. Um, an injury to one is an injury to all. Uh, fine. So in lieu of a recap of last episode, because this is the first episode of the show, I have a question that, uh, that, 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 that hit me that, that's sort of burning. So like as a, as a final casting off and entering into a new age. Uh, since this podcast began as an exercise in exorcism to, to, to help you drive out the terrible demons haunting your skull, what would you say has changed about your relationship to PH uh, since we began the podcast? Like, like, where are you now in I, on the road to recovery? <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't have to think about it anymore, and that's definitely been a huge, like, weight that has been lifted off my shoulders because as as dumb as that sounds but it's just because like before we started this podcast i spent a lot of time just sort of like thinking about this like like a lot of the stuff that i've said in the podcast kind of got workshopped over like a number of like streams and conversations that i had with other friends because like it wouldn't leave my mind like i would end up just thinking about like like, oh, wait, that's really bad when you actually think about it for a second. And then, like, that feeling just sort of started to pile up more and more and more. And then kind of running through the through the, the chapters, like, a second time really hammered home that, like, everything I had thought and felt about, about, the, uh, about Project Horizons up until doing the podcast was kind of only the tip of the iceberg. Like, there's so much more, like, damning implication and narrative structure that fucks with me. Like, I can't. Like it's it's this it's this crazy thing that took us what seventy four episodes seventy four hours worth of podcasts to talk about because we needed to deconstruct deconstruct on a on a chapter to chapter level the like intense fuckery <laughs> that every every decision Project Horizons made uh, going into it but like now like I don't have to talk about it anymore because I can just kind of point to uh an entire podcast i made with my good buddy weird and just be like listen to that i made a whole thing on it and that's super cool like it's it's 
we can say like, look, we made it. We made a monument to your sins. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't think we're ever going to stop talking about it, at least in the context of this podcast, because I, I have a recurring feeling that the way that a lot of this podcast is going to go is going to be a lot of us talking about the contrast between Fallout Equestria and Fallout Equestria Project Horizons, and not only in just the, the like broad strokes, but also in the very specifics. Gonna, definitely going to get a little, at least a little bit of that uh, this episode, uh, specifically. Um, uh, I can say that I, I have a, like, Somber never lived rent-free in my brain, Basically at any point, because uh, it was it was very true. The running joke we had uh, in the in the first uh, part in the, in the cod in the in the podcast proper before uh, now the sequel that like it would just completely leave my mind when we were done recording. Uh, it, it it passed through me uh, like a sieve. Um, but one uh, one or two little nuggets like remained in the in the strainer uh, as as the bulk of it like just 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 passed through me. Uh, like, uh, so much piss. Um, uh, and, uh, here now I think I will say probably one of the only things I have ever or will ever say, uh, positive about, uh, uh, uh Somber as a writer, and that, uh, in, in full, dis- uh, he is a better writer than me. <laughs> uh, because, like, for, for all his faults, for all his failures, he is a writer. Um, like... Good on him for having the 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 fortitude to actually produce content. I felt you know, in 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 all honesty, like criticism is its own art. Yeah, I I, I hope to be at least as good a writer as Summer. Um, uh, so it, it can't necessarily be detracted from him that like he, uh, goddamn him, he he put in the work. He probably shouldn't have. The world would probably be a brighter place if he hadn't. He put in the sweat equity uh, for for all the good it did anybody. Uh, so anyway, Fallout Equestria. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, so Fallout Equestria, uh, I was a little bit hesitant because when I opened it up and looked at it, uh, the first thing I noticed is that it has an introduction and a prologue. Hmm. <laughs> I, I would also just want to go back up just one second to kind of explain the sort of grift of this particular like season, I guess, is Weird's going to be covering the 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 book. Uh, I don't. I, I, I'm not allowed to touch it. I'm not allowed to reread it. Uh, I rem- I've read it like three times or four times now, so I'm going to remember a lot of details anyway. So it, it's it's not a not a big deal. Uh, I'm not allowed to reread it for the purposes of this podcast. Yeah, so I'm just here as color commentary, basically, as someone who's in the know. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to get that out. That that's what we're doing is is, is like uh, weird steering this season, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so sorry. Yeah, continue on. So first, the introduction. Uh, listeners of the podcast may remember um, uh, uh, Somber uh, had a introductory thing. Uh, a paragraph or two of text, and it was just wanky Warhammer horseshit uh, that that ends with the phrase "War never changes." Uh, uh, K Cat opens us up with uh, something kind of interesting. It's no part of it appears to be a direct, like line for line reference to the original Fallout opening. 
which must have just broke Sombra's little heart. Um, <laughs> um, instead, it's it's sort of a tonal reference because it 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 does its best to split the difference. Like it it it's 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 something in the vein of the original like iconic Fallout opening, uh, where it sort of sets the sets the stage for the setting uh, in a way that PH utterly fails to do because it's not even clear what the fuck the entry and introduction to PH is like what context it exists in um, necessarily who's writing it uh, a, a why for who to be slightly nice to the, to the introduction. I think a lot of it just comes down to project horizons is aware that you've read in the entirety of fall equestria. So it can't just like, recreate the opening it fucking tries anyways but like but grim darker um uh but yeah no it it, it just uh let, let's go ahead and uh read it real quick because it's it's not long um and let's you know it doesn't repeat but it rhymes um uh we did it for the 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 first part of the podcast once upon a time, in the magical land of Equestria, there came an era when ideals of friendship gave way to greed, selfishness, paranoia, and a jealous reaping of dwindling space and natural resources. Lands took up arms against their neighbors, and the end of the world occurred much as we had predicted. The world had plunged into the abyss of balefire and dark magic. The details are trivial and pointless. The reasons, as always, purely our own. The world was nearly wiped clean of life. A great cleansing, a magical spark struck by pony hoofs, quickly raged out of control. Mega spells rained from the skies. Entire lands were swallowed in flames and fell beneath boiling oceans. Pony kind was almost extinguished, their spirits becoming part of the ambient radiation that blanketed the land. A quiet darkness fell across the world. But it was not, as some had predicted, the end of the world. Instead, the apocalypse was simply the prologue for another bloody chapter in pony history. In the early days, thousands were spared the horrors of the Holocaust by taking refuge in enormous underground shelters known as stables. But when they emerged, they had only the hell of the waste to greet them. As expected, those in stable too. All except those in Stable 2. For on that fateful day, when Spellfire rained from the sky, the giant steel door of Stable 2 swung closed and never reopened. So, like a mood setter, we, we, we get a good, like, sample of the setting. Uh, we understand, like, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, that, that's, that's heavier and, and, like, because we move into the prologue, and this is where we get a sample of our prose. And I'm going to read the, the first sentence of the prologue, the story proper. Uh, and then I'm going to gush about it. No, because we've got more stuff to talk about. We've, we've like, uh, I've, I, I read all the way into chapter one. We, we may or may not be doing multiple chapters per episode. Um, yeah, chapters in uh, Fall Equestria are a lot shorter than they are but, in PH. But way denser with content. Yes. yes. <laughs> So, so maybe not after, like, anyway, um, prologue of Pit Bucks and Cutie Marks. So here is the first sentence of the story proper. If I'm going to tell you about the adventure of my life, explain how I got to this place with these people, 
and why I did what I'm going to do next. I should probably start by explaining a little bit about Pip Bucks. Boom! <laughs> Down the mat! Three count! Gold! Uh, I don't know. I don't remember if I explained this on the podcast, but I recently had a weird experience with some anime. Uh, and this is this is this seems like a completely deranged tangent, but trust me, dear listener, I'm going somewhere with it. Um, my roommate was was searching around his his various um, uh, subscription streaming services for something to watch, uh, and uh, we came by uh, what looked like a, a, an original production. Um, it was some, a, a generic, um, trapped in an MMO isekai premise, uh, by a, um, uh, some sort of South American studio, like the, the, the native language was in Spanish. Uh, and we tried to watch it for an entire episode. And, uh, Fi, uh, you, you, you know some rough things about animation, as I'm sure most of our, our listeners do, that, like, there, there's, 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 uh, some, some basic techniques that go into animation, such as like um, squashing and stretching, to like really emphasize, like like the, to, to like you have an anticipation uh, frame, and then um, uh, re- really advanced in techniques involve like uh, holding on certain frames in a, in a sequence uh, for for a longer or shorter period of time to create uh, different levels of impact. You know all that stuff, right? And you're not a professional animator. You've never worked on like a like an animated series. Uh, well, these guys have worked on a professional series and haven't, haven't heard of any of those things that I just talked about. <laughs> None of them. Um, as, as, as best we could guess, this is like some sort of, uh, a deviant art, uh, community project brought to terrible life. Like somebody, somebody, uh, got a lot of money from like really decent looking production stills and then didn't even hire storyboarders. I don't know all the things that went wrong with that. Uh, so anyway, uh, finally getting around to the point, we went straight from that to the worst, cheesiest, 90s anime I've ever seen in my life. And it was mwah, filet mignon. It was... It was uh, <laughs> Melting Art. Me. <laughs> they should have sent a poet to describe the beauty of uh, of 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 a director who has the patience to like hold on a hold on a frame. <laughs> like, um, uh, oh my god, the characters are moving <laughs> with with fluidity <laughs> and, and purpose. Um, uh, that's how this feels. We're finally back on the podcast. Tangent <laughs> over. This is the experience. I don't know how good K-Cat's work is. Um, in the same way a starving man cannot judge the quality of a tuna sandwich. Uh, it's delicious. This is... I am confronted with basic competence and... My God, are, are you a student of Hemingway? Are you... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, 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 so like, uh, 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 to, 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 to break this down a little, uh, I'm about to tell you, I'm going to tell you the, the adventure of my life. Ooh, okay. This is, it's an adventure story. Uh, explain how you, I got to this place with these people. We're going to have an ensemble cast of some kind. 
Uh, we're going to presumably go to some sort of interesting place that requires like involved explanation uh, to justify it. Very cool. All like all good promises. But I should start by telling you a little bit about Pip Bucks. Here's Bang the Haymaker. That <laughs> is how you 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 preface some boring exposition. You 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 give us some promises. You 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 reel us in with like this is going somewhere. Stick with me. Here are the stat. Here are the specs of 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 an important high concept piece of my world. Uh, five stars, A plus. Um, uh, then she uh, goes on to describe a pit buck, all of the things that a pit buck is capable of, and its role in her world, in her society. That it it's it it has all of these wondrous features, but it's basically a radio. <laughs> it's basically like a watch. Nobody, nobody, like really uh, appreciates this, 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 this wonder, um, except her, and it is her great shame that it's on her ass. Um, <laughs> yes, her 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 key mark is that of a item uh, so mundane her, her within her own society. It it might as well be a. I, I think the description in 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 the uh, story is it's like having a cutie mark of a cutie mark. Yes, that is that is the 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 specific yeah, uh, phrasing. Uh, this is what yeah I was about to yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, and so and and so when she like on her like on her sort of butt mitzvah uh, when when a, when a pit buck appeared on her butt, um, this condemned her to become a pit buck technician. Yeah, because uh, society within the stables is all deigned by like. Your your cutie mark like denotes your role in society. Yeah, and everybody sort of takes it for granted, and she doesn't complain about this. She just notes it, like she she mentions it as an offhand fact. In case you didn't know, of course, everybody is is given a role in the stable based on uh, how their their cutie mark manifests. Um, uh, emergent story to world building. <laughs> well, you, uh, I, I think <laughs> it's. I think you can already see why this captivated people so strongly. Like whether or not like the actual quality of the story is, is good or not, and we'll see as we go forwards. You can certainly see sort of this, the reasons why this immediately like hooked people's attention and made them want to like write in this universe. Um, yeah, and this is just the prologue. Like this is <laughs> it's it's excellent. It's it it's it's like it's not complicated. <laughs> like it's 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 very simple. Very like uh, uh, no. There's no fat here. It's 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 very lean. It's 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 textbook um found like uh found like the foundations of just good writing principles all over the goddamn place. And uh, now looking at it again in hindsight like one of the only other ponies she mentions is Velvet Remedy for reasons that we will uh become very apparent in in chapter 1. Um that that of course, when when citing an example of 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 a, of a pony, um, uh, with with strong natural talents, her mind immediately, first and foremost, goes to Velvet Remedy. Uh, my overall impression of 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 our hero, Little Pip, uh, coming out of the uh, uh, prologue, is uh, that meme of of a, a of of a possum or extremely small bat uh, with a microphone in front of them. Uh, explaining, 
you see, I'm I'm very small and I have no money, so um, <laughs> you can you can appreciate this. the amount of stress I'm under. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, I am completely zonked. I am I am thrown through a fucking loop by uh, having uh, encountered a full chapter, like a full like line of paragraphs of text, and having a sense of my hero. <laughs> Having a sense of our protagonist. Yeah, she she's very small. She's not particularly confident in her skills and abilities because she considers herself to be sort of like somewhat interchangeable. Bland, like, yeah, 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 yeah like utterly interchangeable with the surroundings. Uh, she she's she is the equivalent of a uh, like not even like a particularly important kind of engineer. She she repairs pit bucks. So like, and she's like not even like a full pit buck. Like she's like an apprentice. Or like journeyman pit buck. That's what we find out in, in chapter chapter one. Uh, but the the last thing I want to uh, uh, mention about the prologue, a uh, thing I forgot to praise about the first sentence, um, is that it also establishes what you're reading. Um, a lot of um, these these like fucking somber included, and it might be disease that somber spread to the rest of the community. Is that um, most of these 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 fanfic fanfics, uh, these these derivatives of the this original of of this er fanfic, are written in like the first person past tense, but it's not clear that this is some sort of insetting document it's not like like it's 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 uh i'm sure there's there's some sort of uh half luton uh literary term for uh for for the mode but it's the recorded thoughts of a character um sort of drifting through the aether like we have it somehow we it's we, basically we are, her memoirs yeah we're, we're past tense reading somebody's mind in most of these but in this no, the prologue makes it clear that this is this is her recounting. This is this is this is Little Pip or somebody uh, uh, writing under uh, the alias of Little Pip, um, recounting an adve- a, a thing Little Pip did. Uh, and thank God, <laughs> like I'm 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 happy that this is established, <laughs> like um, because it gives you like a little bit of a sense as to like how to judge the text, like how to how to how to, how to like interact with it, um, uh, because like it it felt weird all the times that like Blackjack died, <laughs> uh, because like then who's telling us this? Yeah, um, or also all the parts where it just switches to other perspectives for literally no reason, because uh, the author gives up. Which is why I'm always I always stand third person limited. Uh, so anyway, um, chapter one, out of the stable. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, gray. The, 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 uh, walls of the maintenance stalls uh, were very monotonous, dull gray. Little Pip goes into details about her life. She's a apprentice technician, but she isn't learning anything from the uh, official technician who, who sleeps in the back. Um... Uh, presumably, uh, half drunk. Uh, Little Pip's life is is sort of a gray, meaningless blur. Um, she she uh, we we have we have an incredibly cool moment. Um, where we get a little bit of um, we 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 leave Little Pip's body and go on sort of a tour of the stable by way of of Little Pip staring at a gray wall and going mad with Borden for a moment, <laughs> like. <laughs> 
and and desperately wishing that it could like have any color on it. But she doesn't feel it's her place to try to put any color on it because she would never be approved because she doesn't have a uh, paintbrush on her ass. She has a pip buck on her butt. Um, and so she, she, she has an, a, an overwhelming fondness for people who get to be artists like Velvet Remedy, um, uh, who is, uh, the celebrity of the stable, um, and, uh, uh, Pip stands her, uh, with, with, with an intense, uh, uh, fangirl fury. She's one of those, um, like one of those, like idol rates, like like supporters of the glow sticks for Velvet Remedy. Well, no doubt, except that she's like too small to like be seen <laughs> in, at a, at a concert. Um, uh, we also established that she is um, uh, helplessly gay, which is critically important to her character. <laughs> I mean, I joke about that, but like it's kind of true, actually. Uh, and, and, uh, the inciting incident occurs when Velvet Remedy herself walks through the door, um, and, and asks for a, a, a simple repair on her, um, pit buck strap. Uh, it'll, it'll have to stay in the, uh, uh, in the office overnight, and as, as a gushing fangirl, uh, Pip, um, uh, manages to uh, uh, contain herself and is just super excited to work on Velvet's uh, uh, pit buck and put in uh, extra, extra labor and love into it. Uh, the next day she's gone. Velvet Remedy <laughs> is gone and no one knows where. Uh, implausibly, she is gone. Uh, because surely we can detect her pit buck. We can just, we can just scan for that. And it, there's... Uh, even though, like, it's implied that, like, there are thousands, there must be thousands of people in the stable. There's a, there's a bunch of different things that, like, sort of point to this being, like, a city-sized in installation. I forgot to, to note down the specific things that gave me that impression, but, like, it could only be, like, a... It's, it mentions something around, like, 2,000 people, at least, that somewhere down, like, at some point about the stable. But it's also, like, the fact that, like, the stable has an entire orchard that grows all its food and stuff like that. Like it's, yeah, it's designed. Everybody to eats apples and virtually nothing but apples. But yeah, it's, it's a small city size essentially in, in terms of uh, construction. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's big enough that like, um, not everyone is guaranteed to meet literally everyone else. Uh, here, here's the next part that like threw me, uh, <laughs> little pip has agency. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I missed having characters that were capable of decisions um, who, who created story rather than story happening at them um, but here it is uh, it's a miracle how could anyone possibly accomplish this well I'll tell you dear listener with paint by numbers basic writing 101 Sober teaches writing classes. <laughs> Rooms full of as many as 20 as people line up to listen to Sombra tell them how to write. <laughs> it breaks my goddamn heart. <laughs> but yeah, so she... Uh, uh... Because, 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 um, the mayor, they're, they're, like, she is, she is now, in addition to being cripplingly bored, 
universally loathed for being the person who allowed Velvet Remedy to escape. Velvet Remedy would be tracked down instantly if only she were wearing a pip buck. Why is she not wearing her pip buck? This tiny little bitch. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and so, um, Pip, Pip's life is not a, in danger. Like, because the, the, the mayor went out of her way to uh, shift all of the blame onto Velvet. And, and and say like uh, and we should have uh, sympathy for for the the good honest working folk that she deceived into uh, 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 collaborating with her 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 vile and selfish escape. Uh, and so Pip could have lived the rest of her life uh, bored and generally faintly loathed. Um, but. She accepted the call to adventure. <laughs> She's too gay. Which is just, you know, sort of basic hero's journey shit. <laughs> that, 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 that we're, we're introduced to, to, to a character in her comfort zone. Um, we, 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 we get a, get a, get a feeling of, um, her, her wants versus her current pursuits. Uh, and then, there is a call to adventure. Uh, there's there's something destabilizes her her comfort zone, uh, and and compels her to make the decision to go out into the wider world. Uh, and and uh, it's it's stolen my heart um, <laughs> because it did fight. It it did the basic fi, thing. It it rose to the astonishing Mount Kilimanjaro heights of the bare minimum. <laughs> it's actually sort of funny too because i think that like our our perspective is very distorted by reading these in the wrong order and i i don't think that we would have i don't think you would have hated uh the early parts of this but the first handful of chapters are infamously very slow and dry and i found out recently apparently part of the reason why that was is because this is a gosh i remember what the term is called like after action report which is like a weird method of storytelling on the internet where you like play through a video game and then you contextualize the things you did in a video game through the context of doing a story about it. And apparently the first handful of chapters of the story, it's why the opening of uh, Fallout Questria is eerily similar to the beginning of Fallout 3. Uh, but it is kind of dry, at least initially, uh, because of those reasons. Because we're so used to Project Horizons and fucking nothing like taking twice the amount of words to say not even half the amount uh has really distorted our like um appreciation of like hey a basic thing happened yay <laughs> and then everyone clapped um but yeah instead of like a a wild macguffin uh she 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 while while poking around velvet remedies uh pit buck uh finds an unknown voice uh, reading out the the code to the uh, stable two door, uh, and so she she resolves to use it because her thirst is 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 too strong, is is stronger than 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 any mortal peril, uh, and and also deep down it gives her an excuse to escape um, sheer drudgery, um, uh, and and living a. Uh, yeah, a, li a uh, life of mediocrity of, and 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 mild and, scorn and miscellaneousness. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
uh, we we get 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 a get a, a sort of a, a sight of of that that scorn that even though the the mayor vouched for her, like her fears were apparently justified. Uh, there's there's a bit of a chase. <clears throat> um, that yeah, once once it's apparent that she's she's making her way to the 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 exit, um, an effort is made to stop her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the over the over mayor comes up on the radio and is like. Uh, I think she like gives her the ultimatum that if like you leave, you're never, you can never come back or something like that. Um, that she'll be like banished to like living her the rest of her life from the wastes because they can't like, I don't know, I don't remember the exact explanation, but I remember it being something along those lines. We get a little bit more intrigue of um, the Overmare wants, um, uh, or at least publicly has declared that she wants Velvet Remedy back. But uh, uh, threatens little Pip that if she she goes out that door, um, she will not be allowed back in. Which ironically seems to be just the amount of of resentment Pip needs to 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 find the resolve to to to, to go forward anyway. Um, <laughs> that like she is she is so meaningless as an so so undervalued as a person and uh, mm-hmm. able to. Um, that a that a search party is warranted for Velvet Remedy, but like I forget, I forget. Did you explain like um, what like like why Velvet Remedy is so highly praised within the stable? Oh, because she's no, I I, I did. She's the stable celebrity. She's the well, number like, one singer. Why, like, yeah, I was her, gonna say like yeah, like that, 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 um yeah. Her 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 thing is music. That uh, yes. she is she is heard daily and and releases regular albums uh, that's that's played on everybody's pit bucks throughout the stable. Um, she is. The basically the one she is she is she is small horse Elvis. She is <laughs> yes the one and only pop star of the one and only city uh, in existence as far as as far as these dwellers are, are generally concerned. But yeah, Pip uh, uh, steps out the door, uh, and um, we get a little bit of environmental storytelling uh, as, as as soon as. Uh, to leave the vault door. Yeah, as as soon as the vault door closes behind her, uh, we she she is immediately confronted with uh, uh, desiccated skeletons of all the all the little horses, all, all the little uh, all, all all everybody who who desperately wanted to get in but was was denied uh, entry uh, before uh, the end of days. Uh, she initially thinks that it appears to have been disguised as an apple cellar and quickly realized, oh no, somebody built an apple cellar and it was converted into a city. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to remember exactly where, where it came up, like where she comes up and is like, oh yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the, the apple cellar for the, uh, the apple family farm. Insufferable. So Somber made a point of visiting just above stable two in his uh, open. Well, no, no, no. They, they he visited a place that was basically the same as what uh, what stable two is underneath. It was like a farm that was near identical to the Apple family farm, but it was owned by fictitious grandfather that Somber had invented for the purposes of the storytelling. Uh, that it was like Applejack's grandfather that we've never met before because we he that grandfather also had to raise Taro, who is. Uh, Blackjack's ancestor. Okay. Yeah, it's just very um, similar. Yeah, I just I just remembered um uh like that was the first time the Marauders uh came up. Uh, and so it, it it had to do with the fact that this was an, an an Apple family farm. Yeah, well that's the that's the intro, prologue and and chapter 1. 
Um, I can say the one thing that didn't quite, the, the, there was a little bit of a, a stumble here uh, for, for all of my excitement and praise uh, is um, uh, her family, like we established that she's, she's, she's ultra gay when her family teases her that uh, Velvet Remedy's uh, barn door doesn't swing that way. And then uh, that's that's sort of at the beginning of this this chapter, and then toward the end, a loud clang filled the air. A hiss of steam uh, shook the room as uh, I watched a massive bolt that held uh, stable to uh, door slid back. A huge uh, arm swung down, attaching itself to the door. Uh, teeth with a teeth hurting squeal pulled a massive uh, steel door. Uh, out and away. Randomly, I found myself thinking my mother's voice, Stable 2's barn door doesn't swing that way. Um, I, it's awkward. Like, it, I get, it's, it's a nice callback. Uh, again, this is, I don't know, this is the dark side of, 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 of how to write anything at all, 101. Um, it's, 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 it's a decent, uh, callback to an earlier reference. Uh, I guess it reminds us that Pip is gay. <laughs> yeah. like, just, just to be but clear, it's, but it's not especially uh, here, funny or anything. Yeah, so it's uh, just like, yeah. But it's sort of interesting that, like, let's 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 give you just one last push, one last reminder um, that, like, Pip's motivation here is her her in, incredible, uh, 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 um, death defying thirst. Yes, like I, I think it's very important to like sort of reinforce the audience because the way we're describing it kind of makes it sound like the story like harps on her like uh sexuality yeah no it's 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 only like uh yeah her sexuality is 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 only in in that uh one line from her mother teasing (laughs) as and and beyond that it's it's all just subtext from her like uh uh actions and uh, yeah extreme fondness (laughs) for Mm -hmm. uh for for being in the presence of and the concept of velvet remedy so i would this is about to be really sad, the thing I'm about to say, but I honestly consider Little Pip to be one of the best representations of an LGBT character, I think, ever. <laughs> um, but And part of the reason why I think it works so well for me is that, like, something that is always a stumbling block for people who try to write characters who are LGBT uh, is that they don't really know how to, like, handle the idea of a character who is, like, you know, sexually queer, but, like, not make it entirely, like, their entire identity. Uh, it's, it, it's it's because they're other, and so they get stuck on the the otherness that that it becomes um, a a more inflated character trait than it really is. Um, it 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 does remind me uh, somebody else who uh, read um, uh, Project Horizons uh, came back to us uh, traumatized in a daze uh, from, from from trying to consume chapter one, and uh, their review was. Uh, and then in the shower, they lesbian lesbianally. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, this, um, yeah, no, is, is just... It's not gratuitous or exploitation, it's just literally just... Because, like, I don't know... Yeah, uh, a passive fact of the character. I also think the punchline of, like, so, so something I complained about in the, in the first, uh, in, in Project Horizons is the fact that, like, perks happen at the very end of every chapter... And a lot of them are just really like pointless and uninteresting and don't really feel like they add anything to the story. And I have oh, mi- I missed that. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about them at the end of uh, at the ends of uh, Fall of Equestria because sometimes they still kind of do that. But in this chapter, I think it's really important because as as dumb as in, as this is this is about to say sound, 
the story kind of feels sort of vague. Like you're not quite sure whether or not it's really like establishing sexuality or it's just that Pip is just starstruck and she's trying to like, she's like trying to help. Yeah. Out like yeah, like you could, you could very easily read um, the mother's cut. Like it's, 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 um, because because her mother's a drunk and kind of abusive, so it's a little bit understandable. Yeah, it, she's it, it, it's 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 passive enough that you could easily take uh, her her comment as just being an asshole. Uh, uh, like like a, a a like she, she all of her actions could very well be justified as, as as a straight girl who just has like a friend crush, basically. You or well, I mean, just just idolizes a, yeah, well, a literal a idol, I mean, a, yeah. a pop idol. Um, um, but at the very end uh, of the but, chapter. Footnote, leveled up, new perk. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cherchez. Cherchez la Philly. Yes. <laughs> um, which is a direct reference to a, 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 a Fallout. Uh, Specifically Fallout uh, New Vegas. Um, um, 10% uh, damage to the same sex and unique dialogue options with certain ponies. Um, uh, so, uh, just in case... Uh, like, like, yeah, like, it, 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 if I is right to point out that, like, um, I was making a bigger deal of it uh, than it is in the text, uh, because, um, <laughs> just, just, to, just to make sure that we're we're on the same page, just in case you didn't you didn't catch the subtext here, uh, she gains new perk, gay, <laughs> and new perk, lesbian, um, yeah, tiny lesbian, <laughs> tiny bean, um. um. But yeah, and and it's I don't know it's it's I think it's it's one of the very few times where the perk really like works in a diegetic sense for me because well I guess for me personally because I was really like kind of like like oh, I kind of hate that this is just subtext and implication because I always kind of hate that in stories when they just sort of imply the idea that the character might be queer but never really like confirms it and I was worried that was what was going to happen like, going forward to the rest of the story but it goes like nope ding lesbian. Um, and I was a lot happier going forward to the story, knowing that like me and the author were on the same page about that sort of thing. That like you need like a pretty hard confirm of some kind, uh, otherwise like otherwise you get what happens in this community where people ship little pip with straight characters and it's the worst because they just don't care for her her queer relationship stuff, even though it's a really integral element of her character. Sorry. They 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 are in fact lesbians. Harold. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it, it reminds me of like, um, there there was like, fuck, I could swear that there was like for a while Steven Universe discourse that no Ruby and Ruby and Sapphire are just just close. Look 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 at these 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 two uh, female identifying characters that are They're just gals, just real good pals. friends. They're, they're they're such pals. Uh, uh, oh no, oh no, that, that, that wasn't it. It's, they're not human, so they don't have sexuality. Stop making a thing of it, was, was the discourse. Um. And then they got married? They, they don't have gender, therefore they can't be gay. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh. It's, I think it's a, it's a small thing, but I think it's, it's, it, it goes a long way to just say, like, no, the protagonist is queer, and that's going to be and and like and it's a it's a part of her character. In the same way that her being really small is part of her character. Like, like one of the things I always really enjoy specifically about the story to kind of gush, like to sort of like reinforce going forwards, is how like 
Little Pip is such a like non-typical protagonist. Even like you know stories about or underdogs are, are are you know a classic trope, but like Little Pip is kind of unique in the way that she's an underdog in a way that like at least sort of reads unique to me because typically you don't get characters who are like physically almost a joke. Like she is such a like like lacking in self-esteem tiny little baby that like how she's supposed to be our protagonist like she's a sidekick that's that's i guess what's really what's what really makes me think of is that everything about her screams that she's going to be like the the sidekick to the protagonist of the actual story and not the main character uh themselves and that's just a fun part about the story in general it's almost a double subversion because like the the standard uh, the 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 running joke of of so many things is that the sidekick does everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, the sidekick does all the work, like does all the narrative heavy heavy lifting. So it's it's pretty nice to see Samwise <laughs> get the <laughs> get the title card. Yeah, get top billing this time. But yeah, he uh, yeah, I, don't know. It, I, I think that I think even you know even try not to spoil anything that happens in later chapters. Like I think that. Little Pip is kind of a darling, like I like I was kind of sort of smitten right away with her character, uh, and only really going forward to the next couple of chapters, I was kind of worried about like, you know, we'll we'll get to it probably. I think it immediately happens in chapter two, but there was like something that sets a tone that I was worried was going to keep going for the rest of the series, and luckily it subverts that, uh, and I'm glad for it. Well, like there 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 is like a an, an air of like it gives you a like. Uh, a feel like it, it. The the intro is there to establish the world is burned. Like this is this is a charred world, um, and then the uh, prologue and first chapter establish stable two as a desolate, like sterile, like cramped place. It's an entire city um, worth of people. Like like a like a like like enough people that like you'll you'll never meet everybody in your lifetime. For sure. Uh, my my specific worry was. Sorry, I just wanted to. Get it's out still my point. sterile and cramped, uh, and so there there is a general air of desperation to the to the world established so far. Uh, but the thing I was specifically worried about was what, like, you know, stories set up dystopias like this all the time. My my worry was specifically what the author's solution to a dystopia is. Somber sets up right away that like the solution to dystopia is to like. Have you tried fascism? <laughs> yeah, basically. Have you considered double super fascism? Uh, and like, I like going going into this, I was super worried that like the 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 writing was going to be really edgy and myopic. Not specifically because of like the the author's writing, but almost like reinforced by the community that this story is part of. Listeners, I've read a lot of really crappy uh, fan fiction in the MLP community, and like the the trend towards the, the trend towards either really really fluffy stuff. Or really, 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 really dark and edgy stuff because of the like, you know, bleak outlook a lot of the bronies have and still have, uh, coupled with like, you know, the inherent tonal dissonance of like, what if a pony was a cannibal and wore people's skin? <laughs> so when I was told that the story was really dark, I was really worried about like. And then, like, little Pip killed everybody and ate them all. <laughs> it screamed, crying blood as she was shooting dual Uzis. Like, based on based on what we've seen so far, that would be a swerve. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when I was reading this the first time through, like, the, I read this like 
more or less when it's finished, which apparently was like like 20, like, I don't remember, like 2012? I don't know. Somewhere around there. Somewhere really early. And like, so uh, I was a lot worse at like critical an analysis of fiction at the time. So I was just really expecting, like, I wasn't expecting much outside of, oh, it's dark and edgy. That means like it has a certain kind of trajectory. And luckily it doesn't do that per se um, without getting into it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that's our episode though. Unless you have anything else you want to add. Uh, no, no, I think, uh, uh, do you have any recommendations this week? Uh, gosh, what have I, have I been consuming recently? Um, uh, I recently read all of Immortal Hulk. If this is the first time you're hearing about Immortal Hulk, hi, welcome to comics. Um, uh, cause otherwise your comic friend has probably been talking your ear off about Immortal Hulk. Um, it's great. Uh, it's, it's the story. It's the one, it, it's one man's lone story to, uh, survive a weird body horror, uh, story that slowly shifts into, uh, the real monster of all was, uh, capitalism. And it's, it's a, it's a fun romp and, and then everyone should read it. It's like the best thing Marvel's put out in literally like a decade. And the other thing I read is I got all the way caught up on, I finished off Dial H for Hero. I think it was just called Dial H. It's, 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 it's a reboot of an older Silver Age uh, premise of a character who uses a magic rotary phone to like turn. He's Ben 10. Yeah, it's Ben 10, ben, but like. Like Ben 10 is a barely disguised, like, well, we couldn't get the license for Dial H for Hero, so we'll come up with our own IP. <laughs> like that is what Ben 10 is. Yeah. Like if, if. <laughs> Uh, so so, what is the the Dial H like? Doing a reboot of Dial H for Hero post Ben Ten must be a challenge. <laughs> um, but it's it's a really fun it's a fun read. Uh, it's, it's another one of those things where it has very like non typical protagonists trying to do hero things. Um, it has the best parody I've ever seen of Batman in the world, who is a character named Open Window Man, who who on the fateful night when he was about to become the Batman equivalent, he looked out the window uh, to be inspired, and then uh, nothing came through it, but it was an open window, so he became Open Window Man, who has all of the powers of open windows. <laughs> I guess it was static air outside, too, because he wasn't even, like, night breeze. <laughs> open Window Man. <laughs> uh but it's it's a fun rock because of stuff like that um that sounds like one of the things like so the the premise of dial uh h for hero is that like he has a he has a magic uh rotary telephone watch that uh he 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 spins uh and there's like a hero in each slot and so he becomes a a random sort of garbage nonsense superhero um and he has he has a, a hero in each number but one of the twists of the original series is that sometimes the hero would die. <laughs> and so that, that, that hero is no longer available on that number and a different one would like show up on that, on, on, on the uh, uh, rotary for that one. Th this run goes even more bonkers by having it so that he has to dial in the letters for hero and every time he gets a completely random one. So there's like hundreds of heroes he can go through. Uh, like you never see a hero twice. Is, is, is like kind of part of it. Okay. Um, so it's even more like it's an even escalation of that premise. Um, so yeah, it's completely okay. Well, we need a superhero. I hope, 
I hope we get one that can actually solve the problem. There, there's actually like a decently like uh, good bit uh, uh, before we before we go that I really enjoy where it's a he gets dialed into like a really racist, offensive stereotype superhero from like Ooh. back in the day, and the whole thing is about like okay, we need to go save people, but like they they need to like they're they're watching television and they're trying to like because they're like compulsed to be heroes by the watch, but like. They're trying to like find a, a, a danger that is important enough to justify. <laughs> Captain seventies, yeah. Like Captain, like it's like Captain White, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like a Native American stereotype with the big headdress and everything, and he talks in like <laughs> in really stereotypical Ooh. Native American stuff. Um, Ooh. It's a it's a good it's a good deconstruction of like how like there's a lot of heroes back in the day that like couldn't survive the modern age because of like boy that was some stuff. Um, but yeah, I think we're running a little too long, and this is becoming the comics podcast. So right. uh, uh, you can find uh, us at Thou Art Fi. My uh, Twitter is extremely not safe for work. Or you can come to. Uh... At uh, Weirdington ESQ, where I mostly post art tutorials and 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 animal pictures. I've, I've, I have, I I no longer do politics. I no longer. I, uh, the very nice lady, uh, took the 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 the, the, the uh, took took that part out of my brain, and now I am, and now I am at peace. Um, a little lobotomy jokes aren't funny. Um. <coughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, at Weirdington uh, ESQ on Twitter, or you can email us and give us your thoughts on the exciting new direction of this uh, audit auditory experience uh, by emailing Weirdington. Oh wait, no, no. Okay, the Twitter was at Weirdington E. The email is Weirdington ESQ at gmail dot com. Also, we're going to be starting the Dominic Deacon podcast soon. I just kind of wanted to get my feet under the like on the ground before we like started doing it. Uh, so it should be coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, probably uh, when we change up the time slots uh, for this whole project uh, so that I have a little bit more time to like actually record stuff and edit and do the other things of my life. Uh, but the Dominic D one is coming soon. Uh, so I would uh, get hyped for that. So Fi, how are you feeling? <laughs> Um, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling just, uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was a great idea. Oh, I have to take a word. <laughs>